we're not starting from square one. So uh, your name is Evan McMahon, uh, and you are the president chairman of Hoosier Vapors, and, and that is an organization that is working to protect uh, vaping rights in Indiana. You also uh, have a, I believe, a retail store called uh, Liberation Vapes, and that is also a name of an e-liquid maker uh, of the same name that sells bottles. Is, did I get all that correct? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, everything was was accurate except for uh, my company is Liberation Vape, no S, and I don't have retail stores. I only uh, manufacture e-liquid for wholesale distribution. So no retail store. Okay. Um and uh, okay, so I, I thought that thought there was so that was my mistake. Um, and so um, I don't know if you've heard the other shows. I've actually done uh, three shows on this. I know you you heard the first one. I did a, a second one, and then I also did an interview with uh, with Greg Troutman. I heard the one with uh, with uh, Mr. Troutman, and that was a good one. And then there was a, a middle one, and I think you heard the first one, right? Uh, yes. I don't okay. think I caught the middle one. I'll have to go back and listen. Yeah, it's there. Um, and um, uh, well, the, the the one thing is, I I apologize for the confusion as far as the way that I put the show notes uh, because uh, I think those were misread by a couple of different people. And uh, I you know I used the uh, you know a uh, wrestling uh, analogy, uh, which I thought Indiana is a huge wrestling state. I'm pretty sure they are. It's a it's a big thing. And I may maybe I'm confusing '80s movies because uh, there's a movie called Vision Quest, which is uh, which is all about wrestling. Uh, and I thought it was Indiana, uh, but um, anyway. So I, I apologize for any confusion on that. But but I do stand behind what I was saying. So um, so th let's. Uh, I'm trying to figure out the best way to uh, approach it. Uh, so uh, let me just go through. Uh, what I think the history of Indiana is, and that at any time, just interject, uh, and I will, you know, okay. listen. Uh, so there, Indiana, everything's going well. Uh, everybody's vaping. Everybody's happy. And law is introduced back in in what was it, January of last year, 2015, and this law had had a, a, just a tremendous amount of nasty things uh, involved with it, uh, including the manufacturing and a whole bunch of different things that, that are inside of the law, which has uh, outrageous security requirements uh, and outrageous requirements as far as how long you have to keep samples. There's things as far as uh, barcodes uh, and, and tracking, um, and then, uh, so it's, it's the, of, of the, of the bad things, I think it's the, that the, you have to do sort of unique labeling and tracking and, and things like that that can become very costly. And then tied in with that is the, yeah, you have to keep three samples, uh, in bottles for three years for any production run that exceeds two liters. And then, um, and then it's the uh, the security thing in there. There's only a certain number of security firms that can be in, that can do it. Um, and and the way it's written in, uh, there's some sort of requirement that requires that the security firm have had employed for them for at least one year a person that has dual certifications, and one of them is some sort of master of of doors, and the other one is a is a certified technician for. Uh, rolling steel fire doors um, and and because of that 
there's only one uh, believed to be a company that can can do that, and that is Molhot Security, uh, and they're believed to kind of be written into the law almost. Uh, well, it, um, I'll just state for the record, um, you know, a lot of people say use the phrase believe or it appears to be or things like that. Make no mistake, um, you know, the federal lawsuit guys are our team. Um, everybody has looked through this, and there were only two companies in the entire country that have both a rolling fire steel door technician and a door uh, architect or a consultant uh, from the door architecture. Um, there are only two companies. Both of them are door companies, but one of them is also a security company. Uh, the door company was actually flabbergasted when we talked what, to them. What's said, their hey, name? I honestly can't remember their name for the life of me, but it was like something like ProDoor or something like that. Okay. Um, and they said, you know, we don't offer security services. We're a door company. This is what door companies do. Security services contract with us to put in these types of doors. Security companies don't make doors. Um, and the other thing is there's the, the, the other thing that you have to have at least one year commercial experience um, making hollow doors and attaching a UL certificate. It's uh, under underwriters laboratory. Um, that's specifically within the door manufacturers thing. So this is, crossing two segments, uh, door manufacturers and security companies. Um, so it's not believed that there's only one company. It's a fact that there's only one company that could meet those standards. They may or may not meet some of the other requirements, like a redundant off-site monitoring system, um, those sorts of things. But as far as who has these certificates? They, there's only one company that can even potentially meet these requirements, and that's uh, Mohops out of Lafayette, Indiana. And we know from federal depositions, from evidence that's been entered, that um, their representatives have been working on this um, for most of the past year. You kind of broke up there at the end of the past Oh, the, the, their representatives have been working on this for the past year. Okay. Um, and when you say the, the you know, representatives... with ATC, uh, okay. their lawyer, uh, their, their representative okay, from Hold on, hold on. So, uh, so yeah, just... It, I, I do it too, but um, but because of the, the, these are very specific things. When you say there, please try and... Uh, and I will do the same. Try and say the name of them again. Okay. So, when you... I think what you just okay. said was that... Mall Hops has been has had their lawyers working directly with the with the state. Is that what you're saying? Yes, they've had Mall Hops has had representatives um, for almost the, the entire year, meeting with um, the representatives at the Indiana Alcohol and Tobacco Commission. Um, you know, for things such as trying to convince the commissioners that they need to take a strict interpretation law, that it's been done in other areas, you know, things like that. Yeah, I remember at one point when I was watching the hearings, the, they, they were, the lawmakers were saying that this is just the absolute bare minimum they could be doing, that this was the most smallest thing they could even do, uh, which is just crazy. But that, that, right. that's it's useful. Inf- to think that. Yeah, it's useful information if they're, if they're working in uh, together. Uh, well, so, if you look back, 
to the one of the hearings. Um, it was in mid-February. I believe it was about February 17th. It was in the Senate. Uh, it was the um, uh, public policy hearing in the Senate on um, uh, – it was actually – uh, SB 539, uh, Senate Bill 539 and House Bill 1432 were identical bills. And I mean, comma for comma, they were identical bills. Isn't that how um, it's usually done, though? I mean, you've got a, you've got the two people, they just sit together, they, they decide, you've got an assembly person, a Senate person, they kind of want the one bill, so yeah. they just draft it. So. Typically do have that, but they, but they typically admit to it. And there was actually, in one of the hearings in the House, it was tried to be played off like the bills weren't from the same authors. Um, which is what made that comical, because they were identical. So we know that it came from the same place, and we actually know where it came from, because in the House hearing, the public policy on the exact same day, the hearing I was getting ready to mention, uh, Representative Mayhan pointed to a lobbyist by the name of Brian Burdock, who represented Indiana Vapor Company, and said, I'm going to have uh, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm going to have this gentleman, Brian Burdock, stand up because he's more familiar with the law as he crafted it, or the bill, because he crafted it. And then Brian Burdock stood up and said, we brought this legislation on behalf of our client, Indiana Vapor Company. So, you know, we're sitting there going, oh, thanks for letting us know where all it came from. Um, but in the Senate hearing that same day, um, Brian Burdock again uh, mentioned, um, and I believe it was the same day, um, mentioned that they had, um, on behalf of their client, Indiana Vapor Company, had gone to uh, uh, you know somebody who was an expert in security, uh, a man named Jack Thar, who was the first uh, chairman of the Indiana Gaming Commission. Um, they went to him as a security expert and said, where in this entire chain do you think is the greatest potential for a product to be adulterated and messed with. And Jack Thar apparently said to them, the manufacturer, of course, which we all know is a load, because that's not where products get messed with. They get messed with by the consumer. Um, and they said, what measures can we take to make sure that something's not messed with at the manufacturing level? And he sat down and drafted these sections and these guidelines. Well, it turns out Jack Thar is actually a uh, representative for Mohawks. Um, he, he's not the gaming commissioner anymore, hasn't been for a while, um, and his position now is he's one of the legal representatives and uh, lobbyists for Mohawks security. So, okay, so when you, when you there's, know, I, I followed... Mohawks keep saying we had nothing to do with any of this, and it's like, oh, wait, hold on, you mean to tell me you didn't know anything about this, had nothing to do with this, but you sat down and your representative drafted this section on behalf of, you know, with this company and you didn't know anything about it. And suddenly you're the only security company that can comply with it. And you bought your compliance in April because uh, they purchased two companies, uh, general alarm and um, an overhead door franchise so that they would have their two certifications. And they did that in April. So when they bought the overhead door person, they probably got the uh, the steel. The, was that person there? Do you do you think that that right. was where? They got okay, their, they got their two. They got their two permits from that overhead door franchise, and then they got their alarm monitoring systems from uh, the purchase of General Alarm. So I wonder and if Warhops was only ever a door company. They were door manufacturers. 
Yeah, I've, I've been to their they website. Did, and, you know, and They talk about being a generational you know, business, a family business that's been around for generations. They were a door company. They made doors. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're the company for monitoring e-liquid. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of weird. Yeah, and uh, on the on their website, I downloaded something last night called uh, what they call their vape security services. Um, and so I think we can we yeah. can t uh, talk about that where they they. But I want to kind of go back to a little bit of the history just to get through it. So, um, uh, so the the bill was passed in uh, January. Uh, sorry, I think it was uh, was it May twenty fifteen. March. March. Uh, and so it was, it was passed then. And so uh, there's been, there was a guy on YouTube, oh, sorry, not YouTube, but uh, Facebook that uh, put together a, uh, he called up Mohops and asked them uh, some questions. And, and the, the person that was asking the questions right. was asking good questions, but I believe he was wrong because he, he didn't seem to understand that the, the main yeah. law, the it brunt of it came in. Yeah. It came in yeah, in 2015. Yeah. Yeah, so that so all that yeah, came in a twenty. Understanding of the law, but the the things that he was he was still asking were very valid, such as, you know, you have this cutoff date of March eighteenth. When it, uh, on March eighteenth, the governor still hadn't received House Bill thirteen eighty six, which yeah. uh, there was a screw up last year, and it turned out that no company could comply, even Mahops. Right, and that's that's and where I'm trying to go. That, that, yeah, change today. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm trying to go. So, so I mean, w the questions that he was asking were fine, but it, it, he was not correct. Uh, well, that they, they did come in in 2015. And so then what happened in 2016, this last little bill that went through uh, the system was uh, apparently just a correction because uh, the way if you read it uh, in the, the Mulhops thing is that they were they read a deposition uh, regarded, regarding the federal case and that they believe that under a certain interpretation from the federal case that they would not be able to comply themselves. So my understanding, just the quick you know, cheat sheet type version, is that the, the law was written so stringent that mole hops would not be able to comply. And so then they went over there this year and did a, some very tiny tweaks and made it so uh, mole hops is now in it for sure. Is, is that kind of fair enough? Basically. Yeah, basically what happened was in, in 2015, there was an amendment to try to make things a little bit more compact. Um, and that's also where the amendment for the, the two liters, uh, anything under two liters didn't have to have samples, uh, the three 10 milliliter samples. Um, that period, there was a change. The bill had originally said that you had to have uh, employees that collectively held these two certificates. It was amended, and why they did this, I have no idea, but it was amended to say uh, an employee that holds both certificates. So in the federal deposition, when that was specifically asked, the interpretation was a company had to have a single employee that held both certificates. Well, when you search, there's no one in the country that has no individual that holds both certificates. So it would be impossible to comply. So they went to the legislature and pushed for an amendment that now says you have to have an, uh, an employee that has one, and then you can have another employee that has the other. So they made it so that they now comply. 
stay there. Hello. Sorry, sorry. Uh, the thing was muted. Uh, so all you can almost look at it uh, is just ignore 2016. Uh, I mean, the, as far as the 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 law, what came in came in. Uh, if you need to read it, it's at 2015. They did a minor tweak in 2016, but it's still coming forward. Right. If nothing else, in the, the, what they did in 2016 makes mall hops look even even worse because they 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 acknowledge right. you know. So it, it, they kind of got caught even. Uh, and so yeah. uh, what's going to happen is, uh, so so at the first thing that was filed was back in last year, a person named Troy LeBlanc uh, got a lawyer uh, uh -huh. whose name is Greg Troutman, and they put together a lawsuit on the federal side. And so they marched forward from it. Uh, and uh, and right. then, then uh, I don't know, uh, probably about six months or, or ago or, or or maybe six months in, uh, so this is all almost exactly a year ago. About six months ago, uh, the Right to Smoke, uh, Right to Be Smoke Free Coalition formed, and they hired Azim Shahandre from Keller Hackman, and uh, and there's another lawyer that I forgot his name, and they are joined in with Greg Troutman, and then they are, uh, you know, suing on the federal side, right? Correct. And, and the so, other lawyer's name is uh, Eric Godding. Okay, and so uh, from uh, and so and then. Uh, uh, so the Hoosier Vapors formed uh, together, um, and they at that I guess it looked like in December uh, of 2015 they 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 you file the case uh, on the state side. So one right. is the ones, and so um, they're they're if the the apparently the documents are very similar. Like uh, the state was more or less modeled on the federal, uh, is my understanding. Um, and so, but they're going after different approaches, uh, even though, because there's a different set of laws, right. but it's the same claims, I guess. Um, and so right. on the 18th uh, of this month, April, uh, they, there's going to be a hearing. Um, and, and I believe it's going to be a determination hearing that it's, uh, that everything's been submitted and there'll be uh, a decision by the judge for a temporary restraining order. Is that correct? No. So the hearing on the 18th is a preliminary injunction, which is right. kind of like a restraining order, but not But well, that's really. what I mean. The uh, preliminary um, injunction is, uh, yeah. There likely will not be a ruling that day. Um, that's one, it's one hearing. Um, we don't know if there'll be multiple hearings. We just, we won't know until the end of that day. But this particular judge doesn't typically make bench rulings all that often. We anticipate a ruling um, you know, around 15 to 30 days after the hearings concluded. Well, that would be a, a big problem um, because it, though usually the way it goes is that you file the motion for an injunction, uh, uh, restraining, uh, temporary, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, a temporary injunction uh, to protect the the the, the defendants. Uh, but and, and so you get a chance and plaintiff. then uh, so, so 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 right so you you file that um uh, and then they get like x amount of times like 30 days to respond to it and then you get to reply to their response uh and sometimes there's called a, a sir rebuttal but that's not not as often so that's federal court that's not actually how things work in state court in indiana Right. So, but but for the sir rebuttal, but the, so when did you file for the temporary uh, injunction? Preliminary injunction, and that was in January. 
Okay, so they you filed that, and then they filed a response. It, no, there's no there's no response in a preliminary injunction. We filed our lawsuit in December, December 18th, if I'm, I think of that's the exact date, and then we had to wait for the state's response to our lawsuit, which is different from how a federal lawsuit happens because ours is just a notice pleading. All we're doing is telling the state we're suing you and here's here's our grounds. And then the state responds, and the response is very informal. It says the state disagrees with count one, agree, doesn't dispute count two, believes there needs to be more information for count three, and that's all it said. Um, that's their response. Uh, then we filed for uh, an emergency hearing for a preliminary injunction. Uh, there were no responses given for that. It was it goes straight to the judge, and the judge grants the hearing or doesn't grant the hearing. Uh, the hearing ended up being scheduled um, for mid-April, uh, and that's where we go in, and there's no summaries filed. There's no briefs filed. It is strictly an oral argument before the judge by both sides. And then the judge takes her time um, over the next few days to consider the testimony, to look at the, the statutes, to look at other uh, laws that were brought up, um, other uh, precedents that were brought up, and then makes her ruling on the preliminary injunction. Well, but besides... Um, it's also very difficult to get a preliminary injunction uh, because you actually have to prove right. that you are highly likely to win... Um, and irreparable damages, right. But but you filed papers that, that explain the basis of why you believe that a temporary uh, injunction, preliminary injunction, same yeah. difference, is uh, is right. is required. So you've, you've filed those papers with them. Your, your rationale... There's your, no, there's your... No, there's, right, but there's no, there's no um, response from the state for that. The response for it comes during the hearing. Wow, that's kind of weird. There's no uh, response for it. Uh, Welcome to Indiana. Yeah, I mean it's well. I I mean in this case you should be able to really be able to lean on on the uh, the judge. They should really grant it uh, because uh, I think what is absolutely clear uh, is that uh, damage would occur, uh, and I think you can easily show that if the judge doesn't doesn't act uh, to uh, put an injunction in, that that damage would occur. Um, and that, I've gone round and round. I've literally sat at the table on the verge of tears with the attorneys um, knowing if we just show her that we're all going to close, can't she just have compassion? And they will tell you, you have to show them that you, you have to show the judge that you are highly likely to win. And you have that little time in the hearing to do that. Yeah, That's what I, it's all based off of. What you present in that hearing is are you highly likely to win? Um, I feel good about our preliminary injunction, especially when you have a company that comes out there and publicly posts documents stating that they're trying to take on the role of qualifying people on behalf of the state. Um, when they show that there's only one company that can be compliant and that one company is no longer taking applications for service, that they had a brief window where you could contact them, um, that they rejected um, at least 10 highly qualified manufacturers for no reason at all. Right. But, um, but I mean, you know, what, if they haven't filed a responsive pleading to it and, and they're just, they're just waiting for this hearing, uh, I think that 
they have no explanation. No, they file to, a response to pleading. Okay, so this is where it gets, you know, why these hyper technical things sometimes are left, you know, just yeah, to the lawyer. Yeah, this is law. Yeah, go the ahead. Pleading, the notice pleading response came. That's the first thing that the state responds. Response to a preliminary injunction doesn't have to happen. They don't have to give a response, and they typically don't. What I'm saying is that they have. Um, you're saying that they haven't. Period. You're saying that they have not given a any. Re, you filed a uh, a request for a preliminary injunction, and then you've gone through your rationale for what it is. And so I presume that you've mm -hmm. gone through what the law is and what the damages are, and why, and, and the whole basis. You, you know, this is why. And right. then the state hasn't hasn't said anything back. On this, right. they all they're going to do is court. show. They're just going to show up in court. So they're going to have. Right. It doesn't. The doesn't. The injunction. They've responded to the main the main lawsuit. They have not responded to the preliminary injunction at this point. And so, the, what is their response to the main lawsuit? How how detailed is that? Um. Okay. So, again, when you look at the difference between a federal and a state case, in the state case, all they do with the notice pleading response is say, there are a hundred paragraphs. They go through each paragraph and they say, the state says, uh, we, we disagree with point one. We disagree with point two. We, we uh, accept point three. Uh, there needs to be more information for point four. There's not enough information for point five. We do not agree to point six. And that's all they do. There's no other explanation of the law or how this, why the state thinks the way it does on why it disagrees with that point. It just says what their position is. Right, so you Does take that. Agree to the count or disagree with the count? Right, so you take all the ones that they agree with and then you, you put those together and you make a case with all the things that you, you share uh, that you both agree on and you right. make a case that, that that's enough to, to win the case by itself, by what they've already admitted to. Um, so I, I just think that if they're going in there without any, without really doing much of a preparation before this, they're almost conceding to the judge that that, uh, and you can make a case that they're they're that you are likely to prevail. Uh, but I would have to. Is there any way well, we're, we don't know? We don't. We have we have no way of knowing how prepared they're going to be or what their case is going to be. Um, when they go into the hearing on the 18th, yeah, they and, that, and, and that, if it, full court press, and I and I don't want to speculate as to uh, as to what they're, they're what it's going to be. Well, if they're going to be sandbagging you and just waiting all the way to the end, uh, and then say, you know, he, these are very, uh, these are things at law. W w what we've already said is that they, they, we've proved to you that we're likely to do because we've taken their admissions to the ver to the complaint, and they, they've already admitted to these things. These things are going to make us more likely to win, and they know well, that there's, there's going to be damages. So I think like they, they, they hold on when they when they the things that they said were factual um, weren't, you know, silver bullet items for us. The things that they said were factual were, yes, there is a cutoff deadline for June 30th of 2016. That no new permits can be issued after that. That is a factual right. statement. Where can Other I... Things they challenge. Yeah, where can I see these documents? Um, I'd be more than happy to send them to you or you can get them online. Um, they're public documents. 
I know. I I I, I don't want to pay uh, twenty five cents a page on Pacer, uh, but uh, I mean, I have has Hoosier Vapors the the organization publicly uh, so uh, members of you know like vape shops in Indiana can read all this so they have a better idea. Yes, there's a Facebook group where all the documents exist um, for all the businesses, and then we make it available for our membership too. Okay, uh, but it's is can I see that? Put it this way: Can a random listener? I'd be happy to send it to you. Can a listener see all those, or uh, or um, they? If be... you go to our website, HoosierVapors.org, there's a you know right there on the front page, Hoosier Vapors files a lawsuit, and it has the links to all the documentation. Okay, on so that article. so if somebody goes to HoosierVapors.org and then they 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 scroll around there, they can pull up all these documents that we're talking about. Okay, good. Um, so, I, I think there's a okay, reason. Actually, at the very top, at the very top of the page, there's a breaking news item, and it says Hoosier Vapors files a lawsuit against the state of Indiana, or something like that. If you click on that, it takes you directly to the article about the lawsuit, which has the links at the bottom for the documents. Okay, so I. I, so I it's very easy to find them. Yeah, I'm not going to do it on my computer right now because I'm concerned about computer resources and junk like that. Uh, but. Uh, so anybody can read it, which is good. But I think there's a reasonable chance of success. And but I also think that if if the state is dragging their their knuckles along on this and just dragging their feet, uh, that that it, it's I don't it, want to give the impression that the state's dragging their feet. I mean, they're they're putting up a vigorous defense. Well, I, mean, I don't know why they want to things that you normally do, in, you yeah. know, in a in a state court. It's a little different than how they act in a in a federal court there's a lot more documentation right. that's required you have to give reasons for why you believe that the count is invalid uh in state court you don't um they say they save that for their final briefs and right. we'll have many more hearings also on the federal side they don't have hearings uh in their case it's yeah, all I'm, being done by briefs I'm, I'm, and ours we're going to have lots and lots of hearings right uh I'm I'm less familiar with federal and more familiar with civil and states, uh, and so I'm uh, if there's a category called suing the state, that's even a little uh, that's even different than what I'm familiar with. So on some of these things, and then there's Indiana altogether too. Uh, so I think there's a reasonable chance, but see if the judge doesn't act, the harm is going to happen. So she won't have enough information. Uh, one way or the other, it sounds to me, and this would be my argument, is that she doesn't have enough information to to make a determination either positive or negative of of whether it's most likely to succeed. And with the absence of that information, without without being able to make that as a reasonable determination, you have to then give it to the side, saying th they must have a reasonable chance, and then you you look at the harm and the harm is absolutely apparent and so she, the the judge which in my understanding is a woman should have to approve it uh they should have to put in that injunction to protect the person kind of like a death row case you don't want a person to be killed uh while everybody's figuring it out so what i said in my last week's show uh, is that i believe that there should be effectively a call to action for everybody to show up in the court do you know how big the courtroom is are you already planning on, on trying to um, get actually as... we've already talked we we had been talking to our attorneys about that we wanted to hold a rally at the courthouse and the attorney said that it is a small place and that the judges get very upset when there's disruption at the courthouse involving a case, they consider it messaging to the judge. So we're asking people not to come to the hearing. We're going to have separate rallies for that. Okay, I'm not. I'm um, not. We're going to have a rally on. 
April 12th at 1 p.m. at the State House, and then we're going to have another rally um, April 24th um, at the Circle Monument. Yeah, I'm I'm not suggesting to do a rally at all. In fact, I'm not sure if a rally uh, is going to be effective at all because that is kind of – I'm just saying uh, a normal courtroom seats 50, but some of the larger courtrooms can seat 100. Uh, you're going to fill all the 50 seats. 50 would be our largest courtroom. Yeah. 50 would be the largest courtroom in Marion County. Um, we're looking at a courtroom that holds 15 people with seven plaintiffs, two visiting attorneys, um, the opposition on the state side, and then um, other members of the public being there. So it's good. It's going to be pretty packed. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm suggesting uh, is that uh, people pack the hallways, that people try and get in there um, and... Uh... You know that that because the bailiffs will have to tell the judge that there's a, a, a you know the the hallway is filled up with people they're not vaping they're dressed well but they're trying to get in and they're disappointed that they can't get in uh, but that that's obviously uh, you know uh, everybody uh, you know can figure out that for themselves if they want to spend the time to go down there um, if it's if it's 15 people courtroom that that implies that there's just two benches uh, you know two pews that, that that's it, it's going to be hearing room it's one of the massive courtrooms that you see on TV it's I'm not talking about room. TV I'm talking about a courtroom it, it's it's in an actual place where a judge uh, is sitting it's a sitting judge right, right. it's a hearing room they, we have multiple rooms within the courthouse there are several judges in several different courts and from what we understand right now we're getting like hearing room B, which is a smaller room. That's yeah. typically where, you know, smaller things are done. It's not where a yeah. full trial is going to be held. So, so what I recommend is that you fill the courtroom. And because if you have people that go and sit, you know, usually they open in the courtroom. What time is the hearing, if you know offhand? One thirty. So if you go and have people, that, that, I'm not sure when they open up the doors uh, to the thing, usually after lunch they're going to be uh, locked, uh, and then they open it up. If you have uh, enough vapors and business store owners that are willing to stand in line, not vaping, just standing, well-dressed, not even talking, they could literally fill up the courtroom and and all these you know the mohawk security people won't have any any space you can take up their seats it's going to be first come first serve i would suggest something like that but i, I won't won't get bogged down onto it now um so th that's going to happen on the 18th uh, and hopefully from there uh there will be an injunction uh granted um and if not uh yeah, and and so, so the the next uh, next date is going to be the twentieth, uh, and that's where the federal one is going. And my understanding of that, that's all just pleadings. That's not even a, a courtroom. It's basically that's the date where things get submitted. That's kind of how it was explained to me. So there's not a courtroom for that one. Uh, and uh, after right. after that, uh, the next date is the 29th, and the 29th is the date where uh, the applications have to be submitted to the ATC because of the 60 days that the ATC has to. Uh, that that's their uh, processing queue time for applications. They they guarantee uh, delivery of, of of application after in 60 days. So if you back out all the dates, the 29th is the date. And uh, the other thing that has happened uh, is, uh, so there's 20th, the 29th, and then uh, the law goes into effect on July 1st, 2016. 
and so those are the dates and so uh what what if i look at the the uh i've seen a, a documentation from mohops that that says that uh if you go to the website there's a document called vape security and it goes through uh everything that they're trying to do and it gives their little uh their timelines and it has some very strange things in there that talks about how mall hops is going to be working directly with the atc themselves um so you submit everything right. to them and then they're going to be like uh working with the atc and which is absolutely crazy to me because uh normally you hire a security firm they give you security uh and you know you pay the money they give you security and, and you're done yeah right. exactly and now right. they they're they're picking winners and losers um and so my understanding is that the the 10 have been officially rejected and 8 have been officially accepted into this process uh and the the, the 8 uh are being referred to as the elite 8 and they're not being uh they're not i think two of maybe the 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 8 are known but most of the the other it's not totally known who all the eight are and when you were uh mentioning indiana vapor that's the one run by zach lichen uh and the zaza juice people right correct so i think they're probably one of them uh and then so is it true that they really really that they spent all that money and and worked so closely with all these people and then they were one of the ten that were deemed deficient by ball ops. Yeah. I, I would actually find that very comical, but I, I highly doubt it. Yeah. So uh then there's the Elite Eight. So when you were mentioning that you you were you were you knew that Mall Hops was in all these negotiations and representatives from there. Do you know that to the extent that it can be proved at court? Do you, you have people that will testify? Yeah, I mean, it, was, it, was part of, it was actually part of the federal deposition. So it's, it's you know it's not anything that's speculative. It was it was brought up during federal deposition that uh, Jack Thar represents Mohawks. And so who um, was deposed? Who was deposed in the federal uh, one? Jessica Allen, who is the legal counsel for ATC. Okay, so the the federal uh, sorry the state government was deposed, and the, and the, that was the ATC. The uh, that was their body, and yep. so. Uh, would you aware of any other depositions or I, I think I was told that there's been no state depositions taken yet uh, that's my understanding too okay so then there's there's this uh, uh, elite eight uh, which we don't know is it true we don't know all the players yet you don't know them all yet no I have no idea uh, I mean I, it would have been great if Mohops would have put on the document who the eight were but uh, no one is that I'm aware of has stepped forward and said that they are one of the the eight um, that get to move forward with Mohawks. Okay, so uh, did you put in an application to them, or were you one of the ten that was rejected? No, I did not. Okay, so I saw your video, uh, and I could go and try and find and play it, where you're saying that you're going to get arrested. Uh, should I go and try and find that, uh, or do you want to just talk to that? Because I, I saw it, and... No, I can talk to it. Yeah, because I saw it, and you said that uh, you know you're willing to go to uh, to jail. But uh, as I read the the law, that's not even an option because it's, everything is an infraction and it's civil penalties. So if you defy it, they're just going to walk over there and give you another fine upon fine upon fine that you'll never be able to escape, and you'll be you know fined to death forevermore. Uh, they won't put you in jail. Well, that's though. not exactly accurate. Um... There are 
criminal statutes for distribution distribution without a license in Indiana. Uh, for any industry that's regulated, if you're caught distributing without it, um, it's a felony charge. Um, but aside from that, even if they don't apply that standard, distributing um, what? Distrib- what distributing do, what? Any, anything anything that is considered a licensed or regulated product, um, producing a service, um, anything that is licensed and permitted by the state of Indiana. If you are engaging in that business without said license or permit, it is typically a felony. Um, okay, because I was reading but, through on the actual yeah, thing, and it says uh, everything is a infraction. Um, a and, civil and penalty. No, hold on, hold on. It is a civil penalty if you are permitted and you violate the permitted rules. So if you sell a product that is out of compliance, it is up to a $10,000 civil penalty by ATC. Anytime that there is something that is regulated or permitted or licensed within the state, if you are doing business without that license or permit, if you are a plumber, if you are selling yourself as a plumber and do not have a license to plumb, it is a felony. If you are practicing law, uh, and you are not an attorney, a licensed attorney. It is a felony, um, and that's it's not specifically placed within this code, but it is in other places in Indiana law. But even if they don't apply that standard, what they typically do, and they did this with fireworks vendors, they did this with a bunch of different people over the years that would not comply with with a regulatory scheme. What they do is they come in because they have to get a judge's order first. And the, the judge's order seizes your inventory, seizes your, your product, uh, seizes your assets, and, and um, enjoins you from engaging in business. If you violate that judge's order, you are uh, issued a bench warrant for your arrest for violating yeah. the judge's order. I'm just looking at page 14. Uh, uh, yeah. Because uh, I'm looking at page 14 of the actual law, and it says uh, uh, on item I, a person who violates subsection A at least six times in 180 days period commits a habitual illegal sale of e-liquid, a class B infraction. That's for a retailer. Oh, it's for, it's a for a person retailer. selling it, which would be you uh, as right. well. Uh, so would be wholesaling? Because it's actually, if you read the rest of that statute, it's somebody who has a uh, tobacco sales certificate is bound by that. Wholesalers don't have tobacco sales certificates because they don't do retail. Okay, so Unless it's... you also happen to do retail. I'm, I'm inclined to think, just on something like this, that if you continue to sell it, that you, before they put you in jail, they are going to find the snot out of you, and that would be a big risk to yourself, because even if you get broken out of jail, per se, that you would be stuck with the fines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, right. but so so. But you can't claim bankruptcy protection on fines. So yeah. So I would be be pay them off forever. Careful because Listen, do I want to go to jail? Absolutely not. Well, I don't I, want to go to jail. I don't want to be fined out of existence. Well, that's um, what I, I also I, believe in civil disobedience. Okay, and well, I believe that what the state is doing is corrupt and wrong. And if there are options on the table for me that don't include not ever being able to do business in Indiana, my home state where I was born and raised, then I'm going to take those options as long as it's also not engaging in business with a corrupt monopoly. Um, but outside of that, I am not closing down my company. I am not going to say I'm not going to do business in Indiana. Yeah, but who are you going to sell to? I'm not going to. 
Who are you going to sell to? Oh, anybody that will buy my product. Uh, but if they buy your product, they're going to get fined. Not if they're outside the state of Indiana. Because the law says that I can't sell to anybody anywhere if I'm based in Indiana. My product is contraband. So if you're one of my stores in, say, the East Coast that already carries my product, I can't sell to you anymore if I'm still based in Indiana. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I I hadn't thought of that scenario uh, of you, uh, but uh, being able to sell out of state, um, I, I hadn't really gone through much of those scenarios. Um, but I, I suppose the because I, yeah, I haven't really thought about that too much. I had I thought about yeah. uh, manufacturers inside the state selling inside the state. I thought about manufacturers outside the state selling into the state. But I hadn't thought too much about, uh, if at all, about manufacturers inside of Indiana selling outside of Indiana. Uh, but uh, we this... don't get an injunction if we if the federal case doesn't. Move, you know, if we don't get a ruling there before July 1st, if we don't get an injunction in our case, then what happens is for someone like me and my company, um, my only option to stay in business is to move my company outside of Indiana and to never sell product inside Indiana ever again. So when I come and visit my family, because I've been forced to move to the Soviet states of Illinois, when I come to visit my family on Christmas, um, I can't bring my own e-liquid with me because that is also an infraction. Why is Illinois a Soviet state? Uh, I just mostly think of Chicago. Okay. But we like to we like to dog on Illinois here in Indiana. Yeah, and well, I, th I think is, there's Indiana a lot of corruption there. Yeah, but millions of dollars. Right. There's a there's a lot of um, we've spent a lot of money over the the past few years putting billboards on the Illinois border that say Indiana is a state that works and that there are incentives for you to move your company to Indiana. So it's just funny and tragic that um, I'm now going to be forced to move my, my company um, to another state and, and put money into Illinois' coffers instead of my home state of Indiana. Yeah. Um, but So that would be my only option as the law stands right now. Um, and that would be the case for everybody who's not part of the, quote, Elite Eight is if you're a manufacturer, you have to move outside the state of Indiana. And your product can never be bought, sold, or possessed within the state of Indiana again. Right. Um, ever. Did you... current law. Well, I'm still thinking about trying to... the ways to solve it still, because at this point, the only thing that works for your company is that the law is taken out. Uh, that it's taken out. Uh, right. th there's no survivability if the law stays in. Um, so, but I'm still thinking about uh, because uh, I'm still thinking of ways for companies just like yourself. So I was doing a little bit of research. And are you familiar with uh, Armando Perez, uh, who is the president of yes. Hoosier Security? Uh, we've yeah, been and, talking to him quite regularly. He's he's a he's a great guy. And so uh, he's trying really hard to find and is, is, you know, struggling. Well, right. Um, and so what, what I, I was reading an article where he's quoted and, and he basically, uh, he says this exactly. His quote is, these certifications are so rare in our industry that I can't help but think that these requirements were drafted uh, with the specific purpose of excluding security providers and ensuring control over who gets the required service and who does not, who can afford it and who cannot. 
this type of government mandated monopoly is far more dangerous to society than the vapor liquids that they are trying to protect us from. It should raise eyebrows that there are no other industries in Indiana with these requirements that artificially limit the number of providers who can help these business owners secure their properties and otherwise comply with the state's uh, law. Uh, the state the law's stated intent, and that's in a uh, in a uh, it was it's, I believe it's a your forty it's channel uh, W W E V V which uh, channel forty four I believe, okay. uh, and so that's a mainstream okay. uh, mainstream theme. So he's gone out on a, uh, on you know he's he's said a, a quite a provocative things there, uh, basically, uh, right. and so what I'm thinking that one thing is to do is because when I was talking to Greg is that uh, basically it's a thousand dollars to submit your application right uh, and so why not I mean, why not see if this guy wait a sec yeah so why not see if this guy is willing to submit uh, the applications and willing to be taken up for consideration and the argument would be that uh, he does not need to have a steel fire door uh, license because right. there's none there. So that that aspect of the law is moot. Right. We've actually been, you know, talking to him and a couple other security companies and with our attorneys on the the state ATC requires um, verification from the security company, and they provided a template for what that should look like. And it's funny because they actually say on the document, this is a template that you are able to edit yourself. And so what we want to do is the sections that say, you know, the rolling steel fire door technician, the uh, architecture and hardware consultant, uh, and the UL certificate, we want to remove their language um, that certify, you know, where you check that box that says I have this and I've had it for a year. We want to remove that and basically put in there, this is stupid, <laughs> but, you know, in, in better terms than that, and create that template to then give to every security company so that if they can meet the other standards, um, that you're then filing your permit with this and saying, listen, I mean, it's a crapshoot, um, but there's at least grounds. And you're showing ATC, hey, we're doing the best we can we're completely compliant with the rest of this ridiculous law except for this that has absolutely nothing to do with providing a secure environment or secure product. Right. There's absolutely no reason to hold us up because we don't have a specific door consultant. How does right. that? So how so are, how is a company we that's... We're working on that. We're trying to get it done as quickly as possible. Well, that doesn't... I don't know what that means. Uh, but, I mean, so if, if, if there's an e-liquid company that's out there right now and they know that the 29th is on their date, so you're saying that the form itself can be modified that the ATC requires. So they could kind of, you know, uh, apparently they can just carve off the uh, steel door thing, essentially, I right. think you're saying. So just do yeah. that. I mean, whip it up in uh, Adobe Acrobat you, you, and then... Because right now there's there's ten people that have tried for for Mulhots and they're out and so those people Which I should. I don't believe I don't believe that there were only ten because I I talked to at least twenty manufacturers 
who all said that they were going to try to apply with mall hops. Um, so I think that I, I think that they're being disingenuous about what that number actually is. Well, I, I put a call into Armando Perez from Hooser of a, uh, Security, uh, and it seems to me that everybody should just you know plow over to him. He's probably got a lawyer, and and you know I'm a big believer in just loading up uh, a battering ram, and, and might as well uh, have a whole bunch of people do it. Uh, you've got till the, the 29th. Is, individual individual companies um, are encouraged. To, if you don't get a permit, if it's denied by ATC for that reason, um, that you should file the tort claim against the state for damages on Jane, on July second. Yeah, it's it's better to to well, yeah, that that, that might work. I don't know, uh, uh, you know, I don't think this, know, there's a lot of there's a lot ATC of protections. Yeah, state. there's a lot of protections of government from being sued by its subjects, though so, it's not easy to do. They don't really pay out. Uh, you can look at the uh, the Japanese reparations took about uh, 30 years to get that fixed. Uh, so it's not easy to do that. Uh, but th it's, so is there a, sort of an organized group that is trying to get people to use a different security firm and that until they kind of let give that security firm a bunch of business to where it's in their interest to use their lawyer to try and comply? Because it seems like this guy is the no, right guy. I mean, I, you know, we've promoted the articles that he's written and, and talked about them pretty openly. We shared it on our main Facebook page. We talk about it in our membership groups and in the shop owners groups. Um, I don't like to come out and, you know, as the chairman, I don't endorse one company over the other. What I would rather do is create this template so that anybody can go to their security company that they're already using or that they already know and say, hey, fill this out and file it. Why not endorse? Why not endorse? It's just it's not appropriate for an organization to endorse a business like that. Yeah, I, I'm just, not sure if I agree on that one, but uh, I mean, so I'll try and talk to. The, I mean, you've got a guy that is basically saying uh, vapors are being treated unfairly and their products are safe, and and well, so I mean, I would I, encourage people to to use his services, but I can't come out and endorse and say this well, is the only way you should go. The advantage, I don't think that would be appropriate. The advantages to endorsing and sending everybody is economies of scale, and it can make it much more worth it. If he, if he gets 20 people coming to him, it makes it a much more better business venture for him to fight for all of them because he knows if he can win it for one, he has all those other 19, uh, say, if he had 20. Right. So, uh, He's already at, trying to fight it. So, right. Know, but we don't have to do an additional incentive. People can make that determination whether or not they want to support his business or not. Yeah, or thank him for it. Trying to give him pre-sales. I mean, for example, in northern Indiana, there's a great security company that's tried working, and I don't know their name, um, but there's a good security company up there that's tried to work with the vendors um, and the manufacturers in northern Indiana. In southern Indiana, there's a company called Vanguard. Vanguard has tried to do their best to work with people. So you just happen to know of one. That's true. Okay. So there, there are multiples. Uh, and the people within those regions know who they are and are, are contacting them and working with them. That's yeah. why we want to do the template method so that you can go to your own security company that you're already working with. Um, if you yeah. don't already have one, is, is, the list of people that are working, try them. But you know, the, the, security, the security firms you mentioned cover the entire state or do some of them not? I mean, it's not that hard uh, to cover the entire state, so. is it? 
It's almost like a request for bid. I mean, you, you've got Mall Hots has already right. taken half the contract and uh, or more. Who knows? Hopefully, much less. Uh, and then you just want to talk to all these other security firms and see if they're willing to do it and to, to give it, you know, a, a real uh, Hoosier try. Uh, but so that we don't need to bottom out on that, uh, right? We, we can bottom out on that right now. Uh, so. Uh, you know, I've I've heard some people express concerns about Hoosier Vapes, where they've been against the federal lawsuit. That they've thought Hoosier Vapors have been against the federal. Been, we've never been against that, the, that we've you never been behind the, the scenes. Lawsuit. I talked to. Hold on, I talked to Greg Troutman and Eric Godding almost every single day. Greg, Greg Greg Troutman was on your show just last week and tried to d- dispel some of that. He pointed out that we've been very helpful with them from the get-go. The notion that we are against the federal lawsuit is absolutely 100% ridiculous. What I will say is that we do have our own lawsuit, and even if you just go on Facebook and see the posts that we make in the groups, we mention there are two lawsuits, and both of them are equally important. Please fund both of them, and I put links direct to funding the federal lawsuit. The federal lawsuit, the Commerce Clause argument that they that those guys have put together for that for that case is amazing. It is spot freaking on. To so, think that well, we're I mean, against I, the federal lawsuit is ridiculous. That the Fed, that the state lawsuit and is it the makes more me important. Very angry. Okay, it's out there. No. It's it's out there from people that are in Indiana. That's all I can say. So, uh, I, I I think your response is is clear uh, already. You're you're supportive of the the federal lawsuit, uh, and. Uh, some other the, some comments from uh, is that that Hoosier Vapors has uh, only ten uh, percent of the number of total stores in Indiana right now. Is that fair? That's fair. And uh, you know th- there, fair. that there is a treasurer that is on Hoosier Vapors that doesn't have access to the books, and so they have never seen any of the financial numbers. Is that true? That's not accurate. That's not accurate either. What is accurate as far as the treasurer and her ability to, to see things? She has access to all the records. Okay. That's uh, just a false statement. Okay. And so on the 10th, I guess there's a there's a board meeting. Um, and so, uh, and then uh, what were some of the other things that were raised to me? I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Um, uh, Let's see. That that a a, a I, I wasn't aware of this. Is it true that a uh, lobbyist was paid forty thousand dollars? A lobbyist paid forty thousand. A lobbyist that you that Hoosier Vapors paid a lobbyist forty thousand dollars. That is not accurate. There was a pledge made to hire a lobbyist and full time uh, become a full time year round employee. There was a pledge made for forty thousand dollars. That was not received, so we did not hire him full-time for a year-long contract, um, and he only ended up working for us through this past session. He started in mid-January and finished through the session. So they were paid how much? 
12,000. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you see, I, that's why I'm asking is because, you know, th this is information I've heard. Uh, and, uh, you know, th that's, that's vastly different than what I heard. Um, yeah. and, and so on those, two, now, on those items, paying a, lobby, paying well, a lobbyist $40,000, if you go to any of the other national organizations or any other groups, they'll tell you that a lobbyist on a local level costs anywhere from 40 to $80,000 for a year. Yeah, I'm just uh, in this in this case the lobbyist is done because the law was put into place in March 2015, and so it's yeah, it's, but, it's, but, it, but you also look at look at Georgia, Georgia, uh, which everybody you know they they did an amazing job. Bill over there did a great job in attacking basically a duplicate law of Indiana. They have a full time lobbyist, and when I say full time, full time does not mean forty hours a week. Okay, during the session, it means year round. They have a lobbyist who's working for them every day, forty hours or plus a week, year round. Okay, and that's something that we wanted to have, and uh, we voted on having, and was supposed to be funded, and didn't. It ended yeah. up not happening, uh, and that's okay. You roll with the punches. He ended up only working for us for the session. Yeah, I mean, I, just as a tactical matter, uh, I mean, uh, Indiana's already in jail. They're trying to break themselves out of jail. They've already right. they've they've already been convicted. So a lobbyist might have been good uh, at that point, but I don't think a lobbyist uh, does too much more. I was also told uh, that uh, that you're seventy dollars, uh, sorry, forty thousand dollars in the hole to the lawyer, and the lawyer hasn't been paid. Uh, and so there, uh, when I heard that, uh, the, my concern was that that the, this lawyer and this case might not be able to stay funded after the 18th? Uh, our final retainer, which I'm very angry that we're discussing what our financial situation is with our attorney because that's not something you normally publicly do so that your opponents hear what we're don't do anything don't do attorney. anything you don't comfortable don't if you don't want to do it don't do it i mean i'm just you know, there obviously yeah, there's you've got you have 10 percent of the total people in your state we are in good with our with our attorneys okay so you, you believe that you have the resources to continue the fight past the 18th that's the main reason i'm looking at it correct okay so that's yes. important that you need more so that we can continue the fight moving forward but yes okay uh so um the again there, there's a uh, i guess a, a board meeting on the 10th and i was looking at that at, at this uh on the thing so uh, apparently everybody is invited to that so if members so say a need liquid manufacturer that is not yet part of hoosier vapors uh probably should attend is what yeah, i would absolutely think come. Yeah. yeah and absolutely yeah and so uh we also allow consumers please come to the meeting we yeah. encourage everybody to come yeah, well, so long as you have space, I, I think it's really a fight for the stores because right. I think they they you know the the right. stores comprehend the the consumers, uh, but I mean if, you know it all depends on how big the bus is, so uh, fill it up for sure, uh, and so the the other thing uh, is uh, my concern uh, is is generally on uh, that states need to have. A, a be part of the larger group of states. So as I see it, uh, Safada is the only one that is a national organization that, that has state chapters and has a proven track record of success. Now, the, the, there are some other things, like you were mentioning Georgia, that have worked fine, uh, but there's a bunch of states right. that could uh, you know, join 
Uh, well, even and, Georgia, I believe, I believe received uh, support and resources from, uh, I know at least VTA, um, the, the Vapor Technology Alliance, I think is what they stands for, um, and I believe SPADA as well. I'm not 100% sure on who all they received support from, but they did receive support nationally. Um, and I, I don't not think – I'm not aware uh, of anything that – yeah, I'm not aware of anything that the VTA has done uh, that they've published. I mean, they've, they've published the marching orders and their strategy, but I haven't seen where they've published uh, any, any – I saw something where Bill from, from Georgia actually commented and thanked VTA and Dimitri and Connolly um, for their support and help. Okay. So I don't know what that support entailed, but I did see that. And I'm well, pretty sure it was VTA, but I'm not, again, I'm not 100% sure. It may have been Vista because uh, Dimitri, uh, it, you know, v Vista was created right. by be, Dimitri. I thought it was VTA, but. And then, um, you know, so like I said, I'm not 100% sure. Conley's his own thing. Uh, so, um, so. You've got 10% of the people uh, in the state. Then there's you know X amount that are just never going to do anything anyway. Uh, where you know, I believe that a national organization is necessary, and the reason why I think that Safada is the best option is because of their track record. And and the other thing is, uh, Mitch Zeller, the head of the CTP and the FDA went over to the Safada conference. He flew from D.C. into Chicago to give a presentation to Safada. So that gives you an idea of, you know, of the sway that they have. Yeah, of, I, I, you don't have to tell me I like Safada. I'm a member of Safada. So how is Indiana hooking up with an, a, a, you know, are the stores being um, uh, and, the, and the small manufacturers? Because to join Safada, it's like 250 bucks. Now, I know there was a model done right. in Indiana, uh, sorry, sorry, in uh, Tennessee, where Dimitri uh, started up the TSFA and then he had he joined Safada and then he had everybody join the TSFA. So they all got the information from Safada. But, uh, I mean, I think that it, for a normal size store, I think for a store that's under uh, $500,000 uh, annual sales, it's something like 250 or $350 a year uh, to be a member right. of it. And so, I, and, and this is, you know, I, I haven't been able to uh, really talk with Cynthia about this, but, you know, I, I'm just wondering if, if the Calvary needs to, to, to you know, come into uh Indiana, and I believe that that would be Safada would be the Calvary, uh, but I, I don't, you know, I obviously you guys are doing what you're doing, but you've only got 10% of the state, so I think, you know, I think 100%, ideally, you'd have 100% of the state involved with a national organization, uh, and then, you know, maybe, uh, and I don't know the answer, maybe Safada has, uh, you know, I think they have retained legal services that they would be able to um, you know, maybe they can help out with. I don't know. So, does it make sense to try and get Safada into the into in, into Indiana? And would that be something you're interested to help with? Um, I've actually talked to um, Michelle and, and um, Cap and Dan from Minnesota about working with Safada. We've been talking about this at least Dan and, and Cap uh, for I don't know a month, maybe two. Um, time just kind of flies by. Um, and then there were, I'm sure you're aware, um, other people that wanted to start their own 
separate entity and separate group that, with their own goals and ideas. And I'm not. No, wait a second. No, well, hold on. Hold, hold on, because I I'm not totally aware of anything. I mean, I I literally am 1,800 miles away, and and all I can do is so I I'm not. Uh, I'm not necessarily aware of that, uh, and I don't think I am aware. So, so there was another group that was trying to. Is there another group in Indiana besides you? Because I kind of think you're it right now. Not officially. There's not another group officially, but there there is a group that's working to to create just a trade association only, um, and a. Uh, um, They've had several discussions about what type of organization they want and under what umbrella, SFADA or VISTA, or not VISTA, excuse me, SFADA or VTA or uh, something like that. And uh, so those uh, discussions that I've been having with National stopped until that's resolved because I don't want to step on anybody else's toes. Well, it's time or, to step on know, toes. It's it's time to step on toes. Uh, I mean, you can't, you, you know, you're on the dance floor and either you're going to give up and quit dancing or you have to accept some amount of toes being stepped on uh, because that's part of the nature. So if there's another, if there is another group out there that's doing this, uh, are they hooked in? Because when you say Shell, I mean Shell runs Texas, uh, so you know that's that's good. And I think she's uh, she's an honorary thing for another state, but that state's not Indiana. Uh, but why? Uh, there really only needs to be one. So when, when, let me go back to what I'm thinking: is that you said it, it just a trade organization? It, aren't you as well just a trade organization now? We are a hi, no, we're a hybrid organization. We represent trade and consumers. Oh, why represent consumers? What benefit does that have? This organization started by consumers. Um, consumers are the ones who come in and put in the hard work. They're the ones that put in the sweat equity. Um, they're the ones that, that go out to the shops. They're the ones that um, attend the events and work the events. Um, the consumer membership is, is important. Um, and they yeah, have, but they have I, a voice I, at the table. They, oh, they, don't, I, they, can't, I, they don't have a controlling voice on the board. They can't make any unilateral decisions. Yeah, I understand um, that, but I'm just saying that you are a trade organization, uh, and it's fine that a trade organization has consumer outreach, but if there's another organization that wants to be a trade organization, that's basically duplicating what you already have. I, I'm a real big believer in standardization. I so I would, I would agree. So um, why bother? People come together and support one effort. But they're um, not going to if, if the effort, but, but when you just said that you right. kind of pulled back, that's not going to. You're pulling back stops it. So I mean, if nothing else, I think who who can. It sounds to me you can't say who this other uh, organization is or their people uh, because there's there's nothing on paper or there's no 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 uh, website there's no uh, group where you can see that right. Um, there's a group that's um, promoting it and and having those conversations and that's a, uh, not vaping sheep uh, is their name, but they're not forming an organization under that name they're forming a different organization um separately from that so if i was able to to bring in uh if i was to uh pick up the phone call up greg conley call up uh safada uh maybe kasa i don't know if kasa is necessary because kasa is already everywhere uh and and then could you 
would you come in along with if I'm able to talk to whoever not uh, vaping sheep is and then uh, come in and uh, talk uh, talk to that is that is that possible um, I mean, I don't want to interfere into what whatever they're doing. Um, I'm going to continue talking to Svada and and VTA, and which I haven't really had any conversations with VTA, um, and you know the groups that we're already talking to on the tra trajectories and paths that we're already working, and continue doing what we're doing as our organization and staying focused on the lawsuits and moving forward for 2017. Right. So. But you've only got ten percent of the state, so I mean, you you're okay, under. We only have ten percent of the membership, but we have the reach of just about every store within the state. Um, you know, people still call me and ask me for, you know, what's this mean? What's this do? How can I do this? Should I do this? They're just not members. They're just but, not dues-paying members. As far as participation, it's a different story. But you can't keep up with that, can you? I mean. I mean, I don't. Um, I think. I think. It's very I, difficult. Yeah, I think the state needs help. I mean, I think it, that that's kind of what I've been saying is that you need to call up and bring in, you know, uh, the 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 other states. The 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 you know, there's 50 other uh, 49 other states and you know some islands and territories to to bring in get, bring in the cavalry because you you obviously need help. Uh, but you also need to have just one voice. I I don't. And this is again what I've been saying is going to be my mantra for the entire year is that, that you don't need to have a VISTA, you don't need to have a VTA, and you don't need to have a SAFADA because they're all trying to do the same thing. So you could, you could sure, in, in a perfect world, you could pick anyone and everybody has, you know, they're right and they can pick flavor A, B, and C. But in this small little uh, community, you have to support one and get one as strong as possible and be able to kick some butt with it. And VTA is a brand new organization which... Uh, I don't know really much about other than one of the things that they want, they have uh, their, their key difference. One of the key differences is that they're bringing in the tobacco companies and because they're bringing in the tobacco companies, the theory, I guess, is that they're going to have more money. But uh, what I'm concerned about with VTA is that if they use the logic and, and the arguments of the tobacco companies, that takes away one of the best tools that people have against states because the, the state says this is right. another dirty trick by a tobacco company. And then uh, you're going to have your lobbyists stand up and say, well, yes, I do happen to represent tobacco. And that's just not going to fly in the court of uh, public relations and, and, and public perceptions. So, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, you know, there was always, we were always asked if we were going to reach out to uh, Big Tobacco uh, and ask them to help fund um, our lawsuit now that they're entering into the vapor space. Um, you know, well, beyond Sigalikes, and I said no. Well, <laughs> I mean that that, that that was hurts us. You know, we're not big tobacco. We don't want to be seen as big tobacco. We're we're small shops. We're mom and pop businesses. We're not big tobacco. Well, but you if know, they that, if they join, unfortunately, is that the big tobacco was completely excluded out of all of this um, because of the way they wrote the law. Yes, they are. And that uh, yeah. you know that was uh, for now. Uh, well, for now and forevermore, really, until they put in a law, there's nothing on the books. So there's no proposals out there. And and to me, I, I you know, I watched Yoder and, and he says, well, Big Tobacco, I have no dealings with Big Tobacco. I, I don't even know who they are. It's like it's like uh, he was in the witness protection program. Oh, I, I, don't, I, know, I know nothing about these people. Do they exist in Indiana? I don't think so. Uh, but... Uh, 
I, I think that there's there needs to be some sort of I mean you are far ahead of anybody else in Indiana as far as having a national group or, or a statewide group. Uh, and if there is another effort that is being uh, brought along, I would rather see it, you know, uh, you two, if, if, I don't know why there needs to be more than one. It's not that big of a state. And, and if there is some sort of difference uh, between you guys that where you don't think you can get together, that it would be better still to work, it, work around that and, and, you know, and, and basically come to uh, an agreement rather than to have one group doing uh, soliciting, uh, uh, you know, a national organization. And then you, by what you said, putting uh, the brakes on your effort on that because you don't want to get in that way. Uh, so, uh, I, I will try and uh, think about what to do, but you're you're basically. Are, would it be fair to say that you're open to having a single state, uh, you know, a single national organization help out Indiana, and uh, not to absolutely. be absolutely absolutely. And are you are you willing to standardize? I guess it depends on what standardize means. Well, I. Basically, uh, are you uh, willing to uh, give a single contract award to that group, and then to 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 enter into? And uh, I'm trying to I'm thinking of some of the 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 way you, you award contracts. Uh, but essentially, you have multiple bidders. You know, you've got a request for proposal, and you've got mo you know several different people that are talking about it. But once you pick one. You, you give them the contract and you go run with it. And on other times, on oh, certain... you mean would I would I would I only work with one big national group? Yeah, is that what you're asking? Yeah, essentially. Um, well, not 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 not. I'm not talking about CASA because CASA is a big national group, but it's consumer focused. CASA has um, a completely different focus, and and right. you know, they're completely. And I love the work that Julie and Alex and everybody else there do. They're absolutely amazing. Yeah. When I think of a um, national group, I think always of CASA because CASA is national. Safada, VTA, Vista, SFA, whatever these other ones are. Uh, because I, well, here's I, I my admission. I, I don't want to say if, 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 if you know, we were working with Spada and then Vista said, hey, we want to come and help. And the last thing I'm, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, you know, screw you, you're not right. welcome. Um, I'm going to listen to the help. And if it's something that, that my board and, and uh, the people that we discuss it with all agree that it's something that's beneficial to the state. And, and likewise, yeah. you know, they need to have some benefit as well. Then of course we're going to, yeah. to, to do well, that. Um, uh, you, as far as like partnering it, and becoming, you know, I don't know what the term is. Here, here, yeah, you know. here's what I'm thinking of right now is basically I think if any single vape shop should be part of Safada because there's enough information that they're given and enough. Oh, I you know, absolutely agree. And then the same I thing. Every, with, I think everybody with, should join Safada. With with manufacturers now, uh, Dimitri uh, did a show recently where he's explaining that it 
everybody should basically start their own, roll their own organization. If you don't like an aspect of one, just start up another one. And his theory is that if you have five different organizations, each organization will have five lobbyists. And I don't think the math works on that because I think if you try and have it five... Doesn't. We've been trying so hard. And, well, you if know, you have five organizations, you split the money. You yeah, know. well, but if <laughs> you're exactly. not, you're not going to have enough it money to... Yeah, it doesn't work out. So that's right. where... And also, it seems to me that if you're able to to hire a, a lobbyist in one state and another state and another state, there's shared learning that that one organization. I I've basically for at 2016, I think I actually honestly believe that the final rules would be out by now. Uh, and then I saw some information I really on the cigars. They would be too. Yeah, so I don't know when that's going to come out, but when those come out, uh, there's the first start, set of clocks uh, start up of seven months after the final rule drops, and you know it's. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting you know real. Uh, uh, there's a uh, there's a song by uh, what's their name. Uh, uh, Kaiser Chiefs. It's called uh, "I Predict a Riot," and one of the lines is, uh, "You know, uh, you know, if if you you should." Anyway, it's it's going to be ugly. Uh, I'll have to find that song uh, and play it at the end of the thing. But uh, it's. Uh, it's it's going to get really ugly. So there, at that time, it's kind of you know it's kind of where Indiana is at right now. There's not that much time to figure out other things. You you don't have a chance to be choosy. Uh, you know it's you can't sit down and, and you know look at the menu and order. You know you you really have to just grab and go. Uh, and anyway, that's that's kind of I'm I'm trying to get Cynthia on. So you know, part of it is my own, as I'm saying, my own mantra for the years to to get people to do that. Um, and, and until I'm told, I, mean, I, I don't know enough about uh, enough about VTA. I well, am a member of this, uh, or not? Excuse me, SWATA. Um, right, know, but I don't. I, I personally, when people when people ask me, I always point to them and I say, Hey, listen, you know. It's, uh, Spot is the one that has the fly-ins. They're the ones that you know. I see their actions all the time. They're they're a great national organization, and I'm proud to be a member of Spot. And I encourage other people to do the same. You know, it's it's not that expensive to join, especially right. when you consider that one's fighting on the national level to protect us from the FDA. Yeah. So. So uh, I'm, you yeah. know, I, I'm not always particularly good with politics. I'd, I'm a big believer in straight talk and just right. saying it and see what happens. As you know, some of the things that uh, you know, I, I definitely wanted to check out with you, and I, I do appreciate that you, you, you know, you were. Uh, came on and to answer everything because uh, we know we did not have any uh, discussion beforehand as far as what would be asked and what wouldn't be asked and stuff. So I just think that if that that Indiana is small enough, the damage is already there. That you know, even if they were to. It, it, even it doesn't matter even who they pick, but they should pick one. I I believe that Safad is the best, but but it, you know I I don't know uh, if you look at a, at the at the capabilities of what VTA is. I have no idea. Uh, it's just a. I've seen like four or five pieces of paper from them in, a, in one magazine article, and other than that, there's nothing on their website other than you know. I, I will I will say this just because you know to to be fair uh, to VTA. Uh, Brittany Cushman, who was the representative for the company National Tobacco, which distributes. Uh, I watched her at the hearings. Yeah, I, I watched her. I yeah, watched her. She she came in. Um, they had a lobbyist in Indiana that year and this year, um, and so you know yes. I do know she's on the board of VTA, and I I, I do respect her. 
um, and uh, respect the work and support that she's given. But that that literally, that's actually all I know about VTA. <laughs> right. I don't really know that much more about them. Um, and so, obviously, National uh, Tobacco. We're looking into, but. Yeah, I mean, I never knew of who National Tobacco was before in the in, in, and and from as far as I can tell, it's a small, you know, there there's the big giants and there there's you know the little guy, you know, the almost the, the, uh, uh, the yeah. just a small guy, but but they were in there arguing for vaping uh, from the beginning. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's so that you know, I don't think. For national tobacco, I think that that Brittany and 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 National seem to be on the right side. I am worried that they might get lumped into other things, but um, you know, you let the people that that, that you know the people in Washington D.C. that do this for a living figure out what the some of the ramifications are. I'm kind of lay layman on some us, of. For us here in Indiana right now, our focus has to be on um, funding and supporting um, both the federal and the state lawsuits and getting people so that they are aware of what's going on and knowing that these these lawsuits are going on, that the July 1st date is hanging over. Um, and then while we're doing that, we're also planning for, um, you know, legislative action in 2017 because okay. even right. when we get the law struck down, it's not like these guys are going to go home and say, oh, shucks, we lost. Darn you, vapors. You know, they're going to come back in 2017 in January and try it again. Right, and, and you know, there's going to be other stupid things that are going to be presented. I mean, the thing, one of the things that people do forget, is that in January of 2015, you know, we lose sight of the victories that we did have because yeah, we were yeah. just crushed so yeah, much. Right, we beat two taxes, we beat a ban on yeah. vaping in public, the uh, amendment uh, going to be introduced on the floor to ban vaping in public. Okay, and so all I'll, of that I'll, was crushed. Yeah, I, I mean, so you you did, uh, you know, and. It sounds like you've won some things over there, and from my perspective, I can't I can't pay attention to that stuff because I don't have the bandwidth. So I'm right. I, I'm sure what you just said was accurate, but you know all, all I know is this law which I've read and, and you know right. so so. I'm, but my, my going back to uh, you know I I don't you said something and, and and I heard it when you said it and, and it sticks in my brain right now is it said you were looking at doing this but you heard another group uh, was looking at national so you basically shuttered your work on that and so I think that is a problem uh, that, I wouldn't say shuttered that, that you, 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 you okay, shuttered no you didn't you know, say that you, you said you, you said you okay. said right so I picked the wrong word but anyway you, you pulled back uh, you just you, you went into uh, you put it on the back burner and you've got you know got five things on the front burners it's a big stove and you get any and it's also a big stove you got things on your you put it on the back i don't think that's it good and so i don't think that it's good for whatever one is so, so i will try and and talk to those people and find out uh to see if i can just short circuit this uh because i think that there needs to be uh there, there should it sounds to me like that that Safada perhaps, or even these other organizations are tiptoeing around Indiana when it's, it's a giant fire, you know? So you got two, you know, maybe one fire brigade, Safada is much better and one's much smaller, but they're both kind of tiptoeing around right now, uh, rather than, than jumping in. Um, and, and again, I don't even know all the capabilities of what Safada can do, what they can even offer, uh, for this because obviously some of the stuff that Indiana is doing, it's the first time it's, it's happened. Uh, you know, it's, it's, 
yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where, so I, I will, uh, you know, I got some feedback after I did the, the show with, with Trotman where, where people were saying, um, you know, I'm glad to find out some of this information because they didn't know it. Now, that that's not even a wrap on, on, on you guys because only 10% of the, uh, the, the people uh, are involved. Uh, and so these could just be people that have been, that are listening to the show that, that haven't bothered to give a right. shit to, uh, to even do anything with Hoosiers because, you know, obviously you guys are I there. Found a, I found a store just two weeks ago that, um, we discovered, um, and it was actually, it was a consumer, um, messaged us and said, Hey, I was at my local vape shop in this small town and was asking them if they were supporting the lawsuit and if they were involved and they had no idea what was going on. And in contacting and talking to the store, doing, doing the appropriate reach out, found out that I probably shouldn't say this. They didn't have a tobacco license that you had to have back in September. Right. They knew absolutely nothing of any of the regulations. Right. They knew absolutely nothing about what was going on, and this was a story that's been around for two years. Ignorance of the law is no defense, right? So uh... right, and and I'm thinking, you know, you know, we've we've been vocal and active, and as you know, going into every single small town as foot soldiers and banging on doors, you know, we've done everything but that to yeah. try to inform people. So how many vape on. shops in, uh, you know, uh, my guess is about 120 in Indiana. How many how many vape shops exist? Yeah, there's about 200. 200 there's about 200 and so yeah. um i mean are they all are are some of them starting to close down now or how how are they how is it being approached yeah we're i mean we've seen about 11 um since january 1st that have closed yeah and most of them have been closures because either out of out of fear um or you have a lease that's time to renew and right. you have to sign a one-year lease when right. you may be out of business July 1st. Right. Um, and, there and were what, other what they, people what they can do is negotiate. The, the, what they can do is negotiate with uh, the people they're leasing through and have an, a clause that if the law goes through and, they, and their business is shut down, then they're released from if their lease. If your landlord's willing to do that. Right. I it's mean, something to ask for. Yeah. Do that. Right. I, right. I, I, sure. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. It all depends on how hot there the market is. There were other people is. who closed because the, the vendor that was supplying them most of their e-liquid said um, when they literally when they were placing their order, we're no longer shipping into Indiana because our attorneys have said we can't ship into Indiana. It's a risk. And I reached out to him and tried to say, no, you're fine until July 1st. Um, you know, that vendor can't sell your product after July 1st, but as of today, you can still sell in Indiana. Yeah, but and what, said, well, we just don't want to deal with it. How, how does it work if uh, you, you sell uh, on June 30th, uh, you can't sell on July 1st, and then the store that you sold to right. has that inventory on their shelves for a year? Does it, I, don't, I don't even know how that works. Uh, that, that's probably what the lawyer right. I, yeah. told them. Is said, I don't know how it works either. Uh, you can pay me to figure it out, or I can just tell you to stop doing it right now. And they said, well, I'll just stop right. doing it. It's an easier answer. Just, And that's what I'm concerned about, too, is so... Uh, I, I don't know. It's uh... in that in that particular that particular store, you know, was was trying to find another vendor that could supply, you know, everything that they had, and it was taking longer and longer and longer, and they were losing money every day, and so it came down to the point where it was just lost too much money. It's time to close. Right. And you know, especially when you're talking about a small shop um, that just orders what they what they need. 
that's that's devastating when you have a vendor that says, hey, I'm not shipping into your state. Right. Um, you have to go with all so in-state. We, we lost a couple of stores for, because of that. And, yeah. and some, some stores are just... Hours on the phone yeah. trying to convince them, you know, please ship. <laughs> well, you're and, not going to get it. Know. They're not going to do it. They won't change. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's, I've heard of other situations across the country where people overbuild in, in, in the small market. They have one shop and, and, and things are going great. And then, uh, you know, maybe one more competitor comes into town and they decide to, to put up a second shop in the same area uh, where they saturate too many stores in one area. So if where they right. close down their second and third shops, if they're all in the same area. Uh, and that some of this stuff is just like basic franchising stuff. Uh, if you were to buy a franchise at Subway, they give uh, they give people Territory. known territories, right? And so you you have to be very careful about overbuilding. I've I've heard of uh, you know several cases of that across the country of just overbuilding. And, and but uh, anyway, so that's uh, I will be reaching out to whoever I, I can reach out, and people again are, are welcome to reach out to me, which uh, my email address is vapingindustry at gmail.com, vapingindustry at gmail.com. Uh, and so people can reach out to me, and, and how do people contact you? Um, they can reach us through our Facebook page, Hoosier Vapors, and that's V-A-P-E-R-S. Um, they can also visit our website, HoosierVapors.org. They can email me directly at chair at HoosierVapors.org. Yep. And so what, the, one of the things that, uh, that I'm thinking of is still is to try and standardize on one security company and to see, you said there were several of them. I'll have to go back and listen to that of their names, but, you know, either they can work together or, or you know, somebody should see, uh, you know, uh, if they will all, if there'll be a person that will try and take it and run with it. And then all of the other vendors, I mean, 20, 30, whoever should all plow into that one, uh, you know, kind of figure out wh which is the security company that'll do the best job. And maybe you'll have one that's in North Indiana and one that's in South Indiana and they'll work together. I mean, the other, the other, the other aspect that, that is kind of lost in that argument is that one company is going to have a difficult time getting services set up for 20 or 30 vendors um, by the end of the month. Uh, that is one of the other drawbacks. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you're, you're going to have to have a, a, a guy, uh, a meter maid running out to the stores and really hammering them. Uh, you know, they, they'd really have to spend a lot of money to, to monitor all these 200 stores. If they're all, uh, and sorry, the manufacturers. They, it seems to me if you're on the road to compliance uh, that you should be able to beg off the cop uh, pretty pretty decently. But I mean, some of it you can. I mean, if you already have some of the equipment in place, um, the, the, the locking mechanisms, the, the high security keys, uh, most of us now, now let me ask you this. don't have that and didn't know what it was. <laughs> say, say the... the, the you know, say that the, the the rolling steel fire door, which for some strange reason I know that as a phrase now, that 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 component is know, it doesn't need to be uh it doesn't need to be used. Are, are would you uh be able to your company Liberation uh, Vapors is that correct or or vapes vape. liberate vape. would Liberation vape. vape without an S uh say uh be a, would would you go to another security company? Would you, or would you even try and do that? The application to the ATC, or are oh, you done? I'm, I'm planning on doing it. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm putting forward that that these the two 
door things or the three door things aren't necessary and that my company was completely compliant with every other section of the statute. All right. Um, so so you're going to go, you're, you're going to try and pick, and you don't have to say who it is, one of these security companies and uh, and, 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 so and do it. I'm working with Armand from Hoosier, Hoosier Security. Okay, good. I mean, I, I just read what he said, and, and to, for him to say that in a mainstream media thing is impressive. Uh, I mean, right. he very talked to me right before he wrote that to make sure that everything he was saying was accurate. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's a good guy. Um, and it's very fishy that the way they had to uh, to do this little amendment thing in this law. I mean, because right, no, I mean, it's not fishy. I mean, everybody knows exactly what it is. I mean, exactly, it's, it makes it very no doubt about it. It's yeah, exactly. That's what that's kind of what I was. That's exactly what I was trying to convey. That when they did this little cleanup thing, and then they have mall hops, you know, saying, "Oh, uh, we're not sure if this law is going to pass," you know, and then they're telling people to go and look at other security companies, and the whole way that mall hops. Right. Is, is basically saying I am going to be your integrator and your liaison with the ATC is just just crazy. I, I don't think anybody's Which seen anything never, like that. That's never been done like that before. And I mean, there's a lot more information that will eventually come out about how back room all of this was. And it's just it's just sickening. And when you when you think about this and you think about, okay, so you have a company that says, You give us all your information, sign this permit without a contract, without any regard to pricing, you have no knowledge of anything. Give us your background check, your blueprints, everything that's required for this application, and then we will make the determination whether or not we want to do business with you. Then we will finally give you a contract in pricing for this service. Then if we agree, we will file your application with ATC, not you. So you never actually get to see the qualifications of the security company. Yeah. It's, you'll never get to see it. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, now, is there are there any friendly lawmakers in Indiana to vaping at all that could push through a corrective yeah. thing? I mean, that's what we're working law? for for 2017. Is we're we're already working with members of the Senate and members of the House. Our coalition has actually grown um, since the lawsuits have gotten more active um, since the session ended. There were a lot more people who kind of woke up. Uh, more legislators. Um, this was definitely, there was more direct consumer outreach to legislators um, this go around. Um, and so we have a lot more legislators uh, that are ready to work with us. When, when is Yoder, should, you know, when is Yoder and Mayhem up for election? Not up for re he is, uh, Mayhem is up for, for re-election this year. Yoder is not seeking re-election. So Yoder is out this year. Okay, so are you organizing a giant campaign against uh, Mayhem? Uh, I, I put it this way. I think that it would be nice to see a campaign uh, put out against him so at least people know that they're, that if they do the you know something like this, that they're under threat. At uh, this point, we are not a political action committee, so we can't 
<clears throat> publicly have any campaign for or against any specific yeah. legislator. Okay, so yeah, yeah there's there's, there's a whole bunch yeah. of 503 <laughs> rules that I just don't understand, uh, and I don't want to spend the time to understand them. It's that's why everything what that I can I... tell you is that um, uh, Kevin Mahan does have a primary or does have a general election challenger. I do believe he only has one challenger. Um, I can tell you that um, some of our strongest allies. Um, Senator Vanita Becker, uh, you saw her stand up and, and speak. She was the woman who. Um, yeah, I think I know. Helping us by introducing yeah, the yeah, I that saw that presented to her by Senator Alting, and when she realized what had just happened, she yeah. said she wanted to take it back immediately. Yeah. She's been at, she advocated for us last year. Um, she shot down Yoder when Yoder was telling half truths. Uh, on the Senate floor, she cut him off and said, I'm just going to speak to the motion or speak to the bill. And she said how damaging she thought the legislation last year was. So is Yoder going to higher office? Uh, is he going to higher office or is he to try to doing something else or is he just going into the private sector, if you know? Is he just, is he just walking? Um, so his statement was that he wanted to focus on uh, his family. I think he has like three adopted children. Um, he wanted to, wants to focus on his family and his church because he is a uh, pastor at his local church there in Elkhart or okay. Goshen, I think. Okay. Uh, so, so we he's heard he, rumblings he, that he was going to be doing other things. He'll be uh, in the private sector soon. Yeah. So, but it's, it does sound like he's well, going. I think he's actually good. He, he, he used to work for, I think, Marlon Stutzman. Um, and um, I think he's going to be going back to work for. Um, somebody in the congressional okay. uh, offices. All right, so so that's fine. Uh, but uh, all right, so I think I mean, I'm going to try and 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 see what uh, what other information because I I do think uh, and and this is not uh, unique to Indiana at all. Uh, you know, it, it is that every state needs to have a safada. Um, and and then because basically they just give it's a franchise model if you will and then it's, it's still going to be up to the the people inside of the state but um, it gives you have more power being part of a larger organization even if the larger organization is national and you just have you have just have more abilities uh, uh, you know. Um, you know, I haven't played too many Dungeons and Dragons, but you you have more capabilities if you're with a, if with a better group. Uh, so um, anyway, that that's I think that's all the questions that I have. Uh, other than I, I need to I I have like a little list in my head now of action items that I want to take forward after this. So is there are there anything else that you want to say? Uh, something they wouldn't. Dig? I mean, obviously I I was against your approach uh, as I've stated. Uh, you know, when I saw you on PBS and, and some of the ways, but, but at this point, obviously that, that is now water under the bridge. And now, uh, because, uh, it, some of the things that you might have enabled, if you were, you know, were working well with these people like Beck, we were just talking about, uh, that, that there could be another law that comes into place. So it doesn't, you know, I, I do have a failing that I do look at things in, in history, more than I should, so I, I don't want to do that more. I mean, unfortunately, I've got a very long memory, and that's a blessing and a curse at the same time. So I, so you you are where you're at now. Uh, I had been, uh, I have some misimpressions that that you clarified in this, um, 
there is the the meeting on the 10th there's the hearing on the 18th there's the federal uh benchmark uh the the federal uh thing is on the 20th and the 29th is the last day to put in an application with a security firm however there it's kind of like uh extended time uh you you could potentially put one in a month later and the ATC could possibly process it in 30 days, but there's no guarantee. So the actual cutoff Correct. is on the 30th, but to back out the processing time of the ATC that you never want to take a risk with. However, it's possible you could work out a deal with the ATC and say, you know, can can we put in the application here and, and have it done? Uh, who I don't know. I, it's to me, it's so right. odd that Mulhops is already like in bed with the ATC, uh, and they're saying, "Oh, we'll take care of it for you." It, it's it's like it's like they're Mulhops is on on the street corner, and, and they're they're saying, it, "For the people that have paid for protection, we'll take you know security, just security. People who've paid for security uh, for for protection, your protection money, you just pay it to us, and we'll take care of those those nasty politicians for you." I mean, it's it's goonish, uh, but we're only talking about security systems like fire and and video surveillance, obviously. Uh, so you go, right. let, me, let me go ahead and, and, and ask that question. One: Is there anything you want to say uh, or get out there right now? Um, and uh, this will be the end um, of the show because I'm... it's, it's uh, critically important that people, um, you know, get involved um, and uh, help uh, fund and support uh, the federal and state lawsuits. Um, that that's what's going to turn around. And the thing is, is these lawsuits prevent this from happening in another state um, and prevent other things from happening in other states. The precedents that would be set in these cases will echo um, around the country, um, meaning something that might not necessarily have, have been expressly uh, stated in this statute could be deemed defunct in another state based off of these precedents that are being right and so I, I think i can say summarize that i mean sure. is that is that indiana what they have done is just absolutely crazy crazy it's like over the board and and so the, other states could theoretically, and they're saying Georgia is, but I didn't pay attention to the whole Georgia thing, but, but I'm being told it's very similar. So, uh, you know, it might have been just a stunt. So, sometimes I mean, people... Were, oh, no, no, no. It was almost exactly the same. But sometimes the, the people will push out a bill just just for the effect, and they, they know it doesn't have a prayer. And then sometimes, you know, a lobbyist will run over and say, look, we stopped that, and it was never really that much of a risk. So I, I just, but let me just go back to Indiana, because I don't, I don't know enough about Georgia at all. It, it could have been a stunt. It could have been a real. Some, some bills are, are set out, and they know that they're never going to live at, from, from day one, but they're used for campaigning. Um, so, but if, 90 if, seconds. if Indiana does their thing, uh, that, uh, if it, if it doesn't get challenged in the courts and it, uh, then other states could pick it up. And then if it loses these challenges as it, you know, as it goes through the whole process, if it's been supported, then you have to catch it on appeal and do all these other things. And so it's much better to kill it in Indiana to stop it. And then if Indiana stops these things, it will stop other things. 60 from being, seconds. Stop other things from being tried. I absolutely agree with that. So um, I, I, I can't, uh, in some ways, I can't believe that it was even proposed, but, um, you know, 
I've, I've, have you have you looked at what Oregon is now trying uh, with uh, banning? Yeah, uh, with the restrict with the, the right the the labeling restrictions. Anti superhero uh, characters, uh, no right. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. You can't have characters and, that and appear it, to it, fly. I'm not 100 percent sure, but is it? This isn't even a statute. This is something that's going to be handed down by the Department of Health. Is that correct? My understanding is it's some sort of proposal. It's not in place yet, but you could be... I, I, I just read some of the text. Uh, I didn't read the actual document. I just read it what was posted. Uh, Ten seconds. And, and so... Uh, like I think that the bill that was passed last year gave a lot of leeway or gave a lot of authority to the State Department of Health to set these regulations, and these are the regulations they're setting. That there's no real legislative body, that it's just this is the Department of Health, and they'll have hearings to take testimony, but they can do whatever the hell they want, which is just terrifying. Terrifying. Right. So, yeah, that's... What I'm what sticks out in my mind is that they have a thing that says that that there can't be a character that has the abilities to do rapid tunneling and and, and basically they, they were like listing off the 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 uh, Fantastic Four each one of their their special abilities uh, you know and it was just like I've never seen anything like so yeah if if that passes it's going to get overturned but if it if it passes and passes the first challenge then other people could just stick it out there. It's, it's, it's a big, complex mobile of states. So uh, I, I do appreciate that, that you are doing a fight in Indiana that is not a fun one by any regards. Uh, so I think we've already done your contact information, done everything else. There's a Hoosier Vapes on uh, Vapors. Uh, Hoosier, Hoosier Vapors, right? Correct. Dot org and there's also a Facebook group if you search for it you uh, your company is liberation vape uh, and you sell mm -hmm. e-liquids and uh, and you've already put out your contact information uh, so this isn't done uh, I, for some reason I am interested in this and and because I've been I was uh, did a whole bunch of research back then and so I'm just gonna keep on following it um, and uh, we'll see if uh, you know, maybe some of this information out might be able to uh, bridge some gaps and uh, get more people to, to be involved. We have somebody uh, at the hearing on the 18th um, doing like a live blog on our Facebook page um, at the hearing. And there will be reporters there. Um, um, we know of at least two that are going to be covering that hearing. Well, I haven't seen a call to action yet from uh, from Kassaw on any of this, so you probably want to to work with Alex uh, and get something out there, because um, that's a good resource for anybody, and I'm sure they would help out with that. Um, and then you, I'm sure. Yeah, we've already we're still in the we're still finalizing the last little bits of our schedule for the two rallies, um, but they're they're actually waiting for us to let them know uh, what we're what we're planning. Uh, for those two events, so that they can they can put it out to people. Yeah, so, are the rallies going to be focused on the court, or are the rallies going to be focused on the law? Because I think that a rally speaking to the court is probably not going to be well received, but a rally talking about uh, the harms of the law would be. If, so if we're holding a rally to talk about the law and how it's going to affect the individual as well as businesses and we're, we're basically kind of demonstrating that we're still here um, and we're in danger 
um, the hope is is that um, people, uh, important people, see it. Let me put it that way. Right, and but you know, you're going to be calling out Yoder uh, to uh, to speak to what he's done. I mean, he's still responsible for his law. I mean, you can still call him out by name. Uh, you can try and. Oh yeah, uh, we're, that we're definitely going to do. I mean, say that, uh, you know, anybody that hires this guy in the future, you know, this guy is has been so destructive to Indiana Vapors that any politician that would hire this guy in the future would have to think about it because the, 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 the remaining stench from what this guy has done uh, will follow him through social media and be a negative for any other, you know, you can try and do that to him. Uh, I mean, that's what I would do. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to thank you uh, and uh, say, uh, say uh, goodbye and we'll follow it up as we go. Um, all right, so uh, Evan Mann of Hoosier Vapors and Liberation Vape, I, I thank you, and uh, we'll uh, talk later or see each other on the funny pages. All right, sounds great. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Bye.